So today I'm so excited and honored to welcome our speaker, Dr. Mohsen Ataran. He's uh, our professor of management at CSUB to deliver his talk on a very relevant and interesting topic, applications of blockchain technology in business. Uh, you might have heard in the news recently that Elon Musk of Tesla bought some cryptocurrency for his baby boy uh, and boosted the popularity of the cryptocurrency. So Dr. Ataran has uh, recently published a book on this topic, which you could see on the screen right now. Uh, his research interests span business operations, knowledge management, and information technology. He has authored four books, over 120 peer-reviewed research papers, and 10 commercial software packages. In addition to being a teacher scholar, he is also a practitioner as he is the founder and president of the IES Inc., a web and app development company. In addition, he has founded, launched, and managed several businesses in his career in a variety of technological fields, including a telehealth doctor visit. So without further ado, I kindly invite Dr. Ataran to deliver his lecture. Dr. Ataran, please. Yes, good morning, Samita, and thanks to all of the participants. A beautiful day outside in sunny Southern California. So um, I welcome all of you. Thank you, Samita, for a, a warm presentation and welcome. Um, to give credit to my co-author, a portion of this presentation is based on the book that is uh, published with the help of my co-author, Dr. Guna Sakran, uh, former Dean of the School of BPA in 2019. Uh, this book is available uh, um, on uh, uh, you know, uh, Amazon and, and, and other, uh, other places uh, for purchase. Uh, if any of you are interested in a, a, a chapter from the book, uh, I'd be happy to send that to you free of charge. So uh, to give you a little bit of non-technical background about this concept of blockchain, uh, let's take a look at some chart here. This is coming directly from the book. The blockchain uh, was introduced about 12 years ago uh, by a person or a group of person, pseudonym uh, um, Satoshi Nakamoto. Uh, he wrote a paper uh, that was published, and in that paper, he set the framework for blockchain, for blockchain and um, also detailed the, 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 the technique and method of peer-to-peer -peer network. Uh, so we can see that uh, it is started in 2008, um, and, and since uh, blockchain is a foundation for Bitcoin, um, you know, uh, it, it, it started its popularity, 2009, 2010, and then uh, gradually past 10 years, many companies, uh, financial uh, institutions, uh, many public and private companies have accepted blockchain, well, accepted uh, the uh, Bitcoin and other digital currencies like Ethereum and uh, Bitcoin Cash and the variety of them. And, and they, they took that upon themselves to uh, utilize uh, this digital currency instead of dollar, euro, or uh, other denominators. Um, I, I will come back to application of blockchain. I just wanted to give you how it was founded. But basically, blockchain is based on a couple of uh, uh, technologies. Um, one of them is peer-to-peer. -peer. Uh, and I'm trying to make that very simple. So what does it mean is that we, uh, in, in say, in the uh, 1950s and 60s, we were server-based, meaning that we are connecting our personal computers to a server. The information is gained from the server and we use it. What is going to happen in 2015, I'm sorry, 2025 and after would be peer-to-peer. -peer. Imagine that all the computers in the world, all the laptops, all the PCs are connected to each other. So that way, we have a peer-to-peer -peer connection instead of many-to-one. The, the left-hand side server base is many-to-one. Here is one-to-one -one connectivity. So this network structure is one of the foundation of blockchain. 
the traditional centralized system, you used to have a single point of failure. If your PC fail, you fail. If the server goes down, you go down. And and and, and you notice that uh, right now, when you when the Amazon website goes down or or a given website goes down because the server that is hosting information for that specific computer or that specific internet is going down. It also has high bandwidth usage. Uh, the usage goes beyond the, the certain point. Uh, the terabyte of uh, uh, data transfer, uh, the system goes down. The decentralized peer-to-peer -peer advantage is that there is no single point of failure because there are many computers, millions, billions of computers are connected to each other and they're all downloaded and, and uh, uh, you know, they, they, they downloaders and the uploaders are, are working together and they're extremely fast. So one more time, before 2005, we had IBM, say mainframe, say 360. Uh, many of us uh, who grew up during that period of time uh, and were students, uh, we could not see basically the computer because it was mainframe. You just punch the information, punch card, take it to the, to the uh, front desk, uh, they put it in and they, you get the result back. In uh, say, 1980s and after, the first uh, IBM personal computer uh, got in the market in 1982. And from there, we started using personal computer. And later on in say 15, 20 years ago, we started using cloud computing. Uh, so we have all the information all going to the cloud. 2025 and beyond is gonna be again peer to peer. So that is one foundation of blockchain. The other foundation is uh, the, the fact that they're decentralized, uh, the fact that you're using hashing and uh, blocking and the network chain, and I'm going to explain each one of them one at a time. So for, for the purpose of just uh, uh, you know, conversation, blockchain is uh, it's basically is a decentralized uh, list of records called blocks. And as mentioned, we are using peer-to-peer -peer, uh, for linking of uh, these secure blocks using cryptography. And that cryptography, I'm going to explain that how it works and how the hashing comes into place. So each block typically contains a hash of the previous block, a timestamp, and transaction data. And these are all chained together into what is called network of blockchains. Once the blockchain processes the information, every computer in the network locks in, so it does not let you change the information unless the original sender does so change the information. So each block determines who can add new blocks, as I said, the sender. So what is the concept of hashing? What does it do? But the hashing is a concept uh, that we use in computer where you take a plain text and then you uh, hash it, you convert it into combination of uh, uh, you know, numeric and alphanumeric information. Okay, so let me, let me give you that information, for, give you an example. For example, let's say I input in the system mouse. Cryptographic hash turn that information into what is in the, in the right-hand side. You can see that and you can use, uh, you know, 8-bit, 16, 32, uh, 64, 128, 256, make it more challenging. It's interesting to notice, uh, take a look at the number two and number three. Number two, the blue mouse jumps over the green cat. When I hash it, the information that I get, the code in the right-hand side is this. However, if I make a typo, instead of saying over, I type instead of V, it, I, if I type U, you see the hashing changed that information to completely different digest numbers or hashed text. So this is another foundation of blockchain. That's why it is so secure because no one can change the information but the sender of information. As soon as information is sent and it changed into a block through the hashing, it will stay there and it will add it to the block, create a chain, and, and, and security is right there. Let me give you an example. Let's say someone requests a transaction, okay? So the requested transaction is broadcasted 
to a P2P network, okay? It turned into a hash, and if it's approved and verified, then through that cryptocurrency and through that hashing, create a block, that block will be added to the existing block and the transaction is complete. Let me give you another example. Let's say Mike wants to send money, let's say to Mary, okay? So, so the process is the transaction is represented online as a block. That block goes sit into the other P2P system through the hashing. If it's approved, then it will be added to the block and Mary receive the money. Of course, this is an example of using blockchain for digital currency. So that is really the foundation of blockchain. It uses hashing, it uses block, and it uses uh, peer-to-peer networks. So this is not new. Uh, uh, in in uh, right now we have what is called called Ricardian contracts. The Ricardian contracts is instead of being uh, it is a written contract. However, it is digitized. So when it's digitized, it's not only human readable agreement, but also a machine readable agreement. So you see, if there is a dispute among parties involved, the case is legally binding. It's also immutable. That means you cannot change it because it is turned into hash. So it's extremely secure. And of course, at the end result is that it saves cost and time. So, so in terms of contract agreements, what I'm trying to say, any contract, it could be right now turned into Ricardian contracts. You know, you do all of those uh, DocuSign and all of that you sign. Those are digitized and, and readable and it stand uh, in the court of law as uh, the, the, the person who, who signed it. It's, it it's, a, it's a legal contract. But blockchain, what it does is it takes all of that information and adds a different layer or, or, or more secure level of security or layers of security. It's interesting to see that the cryptocurrency and blockchain follow almost the same trend. This is the cryptocurrency over the years. And uh, of course, here is like for two years. And then this is the, 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 the curve for the blockchain. So as cryptocurrency becomes more popular, blockchain becomes more popular. But the difference is that blockchain usage and applications are much more than just using it for cryptocurrency. All right, so how does the cryptocurrency work? Application of blockchain in financial institution or in terms of digital money, digital currency. So the way it works is that you grab a computer, your computer has a good CPU, let's say um, i7, uh, you know, speed, then you, you get a lot of graphic cards because believe it or not, graphic cards are the one that does also the mathematical calculation in the computer are done by graphic cards. So let's say you buy eight graphic cards, put it in, 2,000 each for graphic card, uh, by NVIDIA and you have $2,000 for the computer, you put it together, 10,000 computer, and you start mining, all right? That is basically exactly what happened, let's say, up to about three, three years ago, okay? So from 2008 until, say, 2015, people were doing that, okay? One computer could create, uh, you know, you could mine what is called Bitcoin. The way it works is that, because you are spending a lot of electricity, graphic cards or uh, uh, electricity hog, uh, you use a lot of electricity, the system rewards you because this formulation is, or, or the uh, computer programming, mathematical programming, uh, could be downloaded free of charge. So you as a miner start mining, and then the system rewards you a, a fraction of Bitcoin as you do so, okay? So you get a block, what is called block reward, which pays out in virtual coins, okay? It would take an individual miner right now, almost 100 years to solve the problem. That was not the case six, seven, eight years ago, okay? It is the case and I tell you why. In the beginning of 2018, the total cryptocurrency market cap, it was 600 billion. Now it is more than $1 trillion. So, the, why, why is it that it takes so long to do it and why is it so expensive now? Well, there are several reasons for it. Number one, 
the total number of Bitcoins that could be created in the world cannot be above 21 million, okay? So as you mine more, because there are less blocks available to solve or to occupy for you, the more time it takes, the more time it takes, the more money needs to be spent their time and more expensive. So right now, around 18.5 million Bitcoins have been mined. So we have only two and a half more million to do. And then, uh, you know, so that limitation put a cap on, on, on how long it takes to do that. 10 minutes for a Bitcoin transaction to occur. So that means that the transaction is a bit slow compared to Visa and the other one. Right now, it would cost you a total of 73,000 to process one Bitcoin every month. Funny to say that, as of right now, let me check my Coinbase. As of right now, if I go to my Coinbase, which is a system platform that sell Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin as of right now is $47,322. Ethereum is $1,800. This is another uh, digital currency. So $47,000. So let's say it costs you $73,000 to create one Bitcoin or to mine one bit, mine what Bitcoin, and you could sell it, you can sell it for forty-seven thousand. <laughs> so you're gonna be uh, you're you're gonna be negative. You're gonna be in a negative category. You should not do that. However, the reason it happened. Take a look at this chart. We can have only twenty-one million Bitcoins, right? Right, but every four years the total number of Bitcoins that can be created is half, okay? So in 2009, we could have about 21 million. 2012, only 10 million 500, I'm sorry, 10 million uh, was generated. Uh, in in uh, 2016, 5 million. In 2020, only, you know, uh, 2,625,000. So you can see how the total number of Bitcoins uh, that are available to be mined, okay? These are availability to be mined. Can you mine it? Of course, you can still mine it, but not with one computer anymore. You know, you need really something like this. Take a look at this. This is one of the mining facility in Northern California. Look at the number of computers that they have, okay? Since it is electricity hard, the price that you pay is the price of electricity because everything else, of course, with the hardware, software is free. So a lot of organization, what they have done is they have gone to Africa, they have gone to Middle East, where the electricity is really cheap and they start mining. But based on the chart I show you, really doesn't make much sense anymore, okay? So look at the Bitcoin prices. Uh, you know, it used to be a penny, all right? If you put, if you would have put $10, buying a Bitcoin in 2000, say 10, nine, all right? 10 years ago, 12 years ago, you would have bought 1,000 Bitcoins. At the price of 47,000, you would have had $47 million now. I guess it beat every type of, type of investment in the world. And, and believe it or not, a lot of people put their money there, especially a lot of kids, a lot of families. At the same time, many of them lost their password. So millions of Bitcoins are lost due to the fact that, you know, people just playing you know, as a game, you know, it's okay, you know, it's a penny, uh, you know, doesn't make much sense. And then they didn't, uh, they changed their computer, their hard disk crashed, uh, you know, you know, also the problems that you have with PC. So they lost their, their Bitcoins. <laughs> so billions of dollars are gone. Uh, what are some of the reasons for popularity of Bitcoin? Well, rising inflation, potential for even more stimulus uh, you know, uh, programs during the COVID. It pushes people to safe haven uh, kind of assets. Increased adoption from PayPal. PayPal is accepting that. There are other companies that are accepting that. And of course, as you heard, publicly traded companies like Elon Musk, which uh, you know, who about uh, two weeks ago, uh, put $1.5 billion uh, in, uh, in Bitcoin. Um, of course, Bitcoin is also safe haven for money laundering. Uh, many countries uh, 
um, you know, uh, and, and many organizations that you're not going to name, they are using that because it leaves no trace. So, what are some of the really real advantages of a bit, uh, a blockchain besides the fact that is a foundation for Bitcoin? Well, first of all, is decentralized. So there's no central authority or party required to approve transaction. Okay, it's between people, it's between you and the recipient. You are 100% in control of your data, whether the data is a healthcare data, your uh, uh, you know, genome pattern, it's, uh, it's your banking information, your credit card information, your what, whatever, contracts, real estate contracts, you are in charge and it's extremely secure. I showed you the reason for it because of that hashing. It could be shared publicly between you and the others. It's very trusted because it has high security and it's automated. It happens uh, on time uh, and online. What are some of the, the, look at the advantages from another perspective. It can be used, first of all, uh, it's uh, unalterable copies only. It means you cannot alter it. I show you, you make a simple mistake, the hashing changes and they need to be approved. It's real-time tracking. Uh, you don't need to wait for the bank to send you a statement. Uh, you immediately know what you have. It's very secure. No single point of failure, right? Because it's distributed. There are many, many computers connected to each other. So your data is copied over millions of uh, computers and, and hard disks. Of course, it reduces costs. It is trusted and no third party involvement. So uh, when we talk about the technology, you see, if you consider blockchain as a technology, as a concept, as you know, whatever you want to name it, in order for a technology to be successful, it needs to uh, satisfy uh, pillars of what is what we call it innovation, innovation challenges. And blockchain does. First of all, this technology is feasible. We are using it. It's desirable. People want to use it because of all of those that we discussed, and it has a lot of business value. So it is viable, desirable, and feasible. So that's why this technology is the technology of today and the future. So the application of blockchain is in many aspects and many processes in our lives. Financial institutions, um, prime example is a digital currency. And many uh, organizations, many financial institutions are adapting uh, blockchain uh, and also digital currency. For healthcare, um, anytime we talk about uh, data, sharing of data, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the sharing of data between different parts of the system, between doctors, uh, nurses, uh, patients, um, pharmaceutical companies, um, uh, hospitals, um, uh, you know, um, all the all the components of the system, they need to use data. As a matter of fact, interesting enough, I think the future of this economy is data warehousing and data mining. And anytime you do any action, whatever you do, create data. Right now, there are a lot of uh, you know, uh, problems with the security of this data. Who holds the data? How is it being used? Is the information that you provide being sold to other companies? The Chinese are talking, you know, there was a program on 60 Minutes regarding how the healthcare data uh, by companies like, uh, uh, you know, uh, let's see, there, there, uh, I forgot the name of companies, uh, uh, Ancestry, uh, information regarding the genome. Uh, uh, patterns uh, and data is being shared uh, by that company was accused uh, acquisition by 60 minute that is being used uh, you know um, by by chinese because they capture that information and that information the data that they capture from all the genome patterns uh, of um, um, people in the United States population could be extremely valuable for, uh, for, for many um, aspects of business in terms of uh, you know, uh, creating vaccine in the future or diseases and uh, you know, public diseases and, and blah, blah, blah. Real estate, another prime example, anytime you have a contract, right? That contract can be validated and can be secured 
using blockchain. Legal, uh, you know, again, any documents that is legal document. Insurance companies, um, you know, again, we are using um, all of those uh, uh, documents, s- signing and, uh, you know, uh, uh, life insurance and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, entertainment, education, government, I'm going to give more example of each in future slides. So top industries that are using blockchain right now, finance, of course, mainly because of digital currency, 92% uh, supply chain, uh, government agencies come third, about 70%. You have insurance and and then uh, cybersecurity. And the cybersecurity is increasing at the the rapid pace. what are some of the potential outcomes of blockchain in banking? Okay, well, uh, it basically, first of all, uh, uh, 90% of bankers um, uh, are, are exploring the use of blockchain. Chase Manhattan City uh, are examples of those companies. Facebook also trying to create its own blockchain um, you know, uh, concept and technology for securing the information on their sites. Um, but uh, um, in terms of uh, you know advantages that uh, the, the potential advantages for different uh, banking system processes, seventy percent cost saving, fifty uh, percent uh, cost saving on business operation, fifty um, percent cost saving on um, uh, uh, centralized uh, operation. So overall, you can see it has a great potential for the banking industry. Uh, if you take a look at adaption rate, uh, adaption rate is extremely high. As a matter of fact, the uh, number of internet users, as the number of internet users increase, we can see that the number of blockchain uh, users also increase. Increase. Uh, it, it's uh, up to uh, year 2020. Uh, about, about almost, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, by 2030, we get about 200 million uh, users, but this is a, a projection. The dotted line is a projection. You can see that, as we said, we believe that by, two, by, by 2030, we get roughly about uh, 200 million. But again, I was just trying to show you that uh, the more people are using the internet, uh, the more application of uh, cryptocurrencies and, of course, at the same time, blockchain. There are some uh, disadvantages to cryptocurrencies um, that you need to know. One is that the uh, speed of uh, transaction per second is low. See, this is Visa. It processes 24,000 transactions per second. PayPal. 193, the Ripple is another, uh, you know, uh, system, 1500. But look at look at Bitcoin, it's only seven. So Bitcoin right now processes, could be processed, uh, seven transaction per second versus 24,000 for Visa. But of course, the, the other uh, issue you need to take a look at is that PayPal operates in 202 markets and 305 million active users. Visa has 1.2 billion active users uh, and has been around for 60 years. So I'm sure that Bitcoin in the future will increase the speed of transaction per second. Um, Otherwise, it's really uh, gonna have a hard time replacing Visa, Uh, but I'm sure it will happen because they're working on it. So let's say, the advantage or application of blockchain in different industries. In life science, uh, regarding regulatory compliance, cybersecurity, product safety. In telecom, transactions, digital identity, peer-to-peer exchange. Let's see in energy and utilities, in terms of improving product safety, proof of authenticity. You see, anytime you come with any type of securing data, anytime you have a data anywhere in any industry and you want to secure it, talking about you have a data warehousing, security of that warehouse. Then you mine the data from this warehouse, make sure that the security and authenticity is there, that authenticity and that security for the transaction and for the data in a data warehouse, when you mine it, is secured by what is called blockchain. 
So as, as, as you can, as you can, sorry, as you can go into each one of these, you see one by one digital identity. Uh, let's say Internet of Things. I will talk more about Internet of Things in the next slide. Financial services, we discussed that. Public um, sectors, uh, document verification, proof of ownership, you know, your marriage certificate, your driver license, your, um, you know, ID card, you know, all of those in the near future gonna be using blockchain for security and, uh, and for digital identity and product safety. Proof of ownership in terms of uh, automotive, uh, insurance, uh, smart contracts. Um, when it comes to IoT, Internet of Things, um, just a very short uh, definition of IoT. Uh, the first generation of internet, we connected um, uh, people to computer. The second generation of internet, uh, we connected uh, people to people, cell phone and all of that. The third generation of internet is IoT, Internet of Things, where we are connecting things to things, okay? Anything that can be connected, it is connected. The smart cities, example, connected vehicles, uh, you know, uh, autonomous cars, uh, retail industry, pets, uh, mobile industry, smart devices, all of those are using what is called, uh, you know, the, the connection of things to things and uh, internet. So what are some of the advantage of blockchain for IoT? It can be used for device identification, act as a bridge between all IoT devices. It eliminates uh, the uh, central hub, uh, sensors that uh, time stamp data, time stamp, data on the blockchain and save them from manipulation. It reduces the vulnerability, formation of marketplace to enable customers to sell their data from IoT devices, platform to serve IoT data on a private blockchain and share it with all business partners. Imagine, imagine you charge your Tesla at home at night when the rate is low. You go to work, you connect, your, um, your, 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 your machine to a network at work under that uh, solar panel system. So I am driving from San Francisco to LA. I need to charge my, my, my car. I stop by this office and I connect my car to this network. I buy it from you. You put cheap energy into your car at night at the cheap rate come here, sell it at the high rate to me. Is this possible? Of course. Is the technology there? Yes. Are we doing it? No. And the reason for it is because we do not have a, a sophisticated and uh, uh, you know, a proper networking system to do that. But in very near future, when we are using peer-to-peer -peer connection and networking system, this is what is going to happen. Everyone is connected everyone is going to share data and information. Everyone will be able to sell their electricity and, 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 and you know, to other people and gain money. Of course, right now, PG&E tell you that you can sell extra you know, electricity that you have from the sun energy, but that is not true. They basically give you a credit, and at the end of the year, the credit is gonna be gone. So in, let's take a look at factory of the future. The factory of the future, as you see, everything is robotics connected. You're using computer integrated manufacturing. You're using, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of equipment and robots that are create uh, this, this factory where robots could generate robots. Uh, in, in terms of the factory for, let's say, supply chain management, uh, the uh, blockchain can uh, provide efficient tracking of containers across multiple. Uh, multiple warehouses, accurate recording of all important product information, support security and compliance, adherence, provide transformation efficiency, expedites reconciliation of the contract, uh, improve anti-counterfeit measures, and, you know, all of that. So, so again, you see how blockchain application is widespread. In marketing, uh, blockchain can be used in marketing for tokenizing uh, uh, loyalty rewards, for consolidating gift cards, for verifying engagement, for validating email delivery, 
when it comes to advertising because it's immutable advertising metrics. So it cannot be changed and is very accurate. Um, you can advert using that, you can secure advertising of a smart contract. Um, it, it provide clearer attribution for, for your um, advertising um, uh, platform. Um, uh, you know, you can also, you can also use, you can also make money out of that. If you come up with a nice advertising promotion for a company, uh, you can register that under your name and uh, uh, is a secure document. So you can basically monetize that information. A lot of people are talking about the fact that in, in social media, let's say you go to Facebook, you add, let's say there is an issue over there and you come up with some suggestions for improvement um, and, 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 and you make a comment. That comment right now, of course it is yours, but there is no, you know, you really don't have a right to it, okay? Blockchain enable you to have a right to the picture that you put there. If you took the picture yourself, the, the information that you added, then that information and, and picture, if it's used by anyone in the world, you know who that is and you can monetize it and get money for it. So we're talking about that type of uh, situation that right now does not exist because we don't have the technology. It can be used for capital market. It is decentralized. A platform like you know the uh, um, Oaks or um, Augur or Durhama and making it possible for foreign investors to invest. Uh, you know we're talking about a platform financial institution. It used for online gambling for labor market where you automatically get paid if according to a contract if you perform the task you you, you will get immediately instead of sending an invoice to the system and the system process it and pay you back in 30 or 90 days. In the food industry, you know, we talk about, I will talk about that in another slide. You will see how, uh, you know, for farming and, and the food industry in terms of security can be used. Of course, virtual real estate. Now you can purchase houses anywhere in the world uh, without seeing the house, uh, you know, online, digital, uh, you know, seeing the videos and, and then invest in it without having the third party involved, paying four to six percent commission. So it also changes jobs of many uh, uh, people in the industry or service providers, including real estate agents. Look at, take a look at accounting right now. Uh, uh, company one, company two, company 500. Uh, you do your accounting, there's an auditor that keep track of your accounting and you have to go pay for it. That remind me that next week I have an appointment for my, <laughs> my, uh, my CPA. But uh, uh, through blockchain, what you can do is uh, we do it peer to peer. So here is one auditor taking care of many people. So again, maybe the accounting uh, job is not gonna be as high in the near future. All right, so when it comes to food, uh, uh, you know, uh, products, uh, blockchain can, can, can be used. All of those issues that we had regarding Ebola, regarding mad cow disease that happened, uh, you know, uh, how do you connect uh, the meat uh, or the food product uh, uh, to, the, to the source? Uh, from farm to the table. In between, there's so many activities that are happening. If you put all the information into a blockchain, you can immediately know the source of the problem. Uh, it took years to uh, or, or months to really find out the source of mad cow disease or the Ebola and all of that. Uh, but this facilitated that very quickly. It can also be a blockchain can be using gaming. I don't wanna get much into that. Uh, uh, the, the, the slide is descriptive enough. Integrated gaming profits, secure investment in game, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, let's talk about uh, in retail. Uh, supply chain, as I mentioned, uh, many retailers are accepting cryptocurrencies. Uh, it also creates customer identity. When you order something from a retail store, uh, in order for the system to know that it is really you, uh, this uh, blockchain can immediately uh, give that identity. Um, in terms of uh, preventing fraud and counterfeit goods, uh, you know, um, many uh, high-end uh, fashion product, uh, Louis Vuitton uh, uh, is losing uh, tons of money 
due to counterfeiting and it has a, it, it's, it, it's so good in terms of quality that is very difficult uh, for a novice person to say that it is really genuine, not counterfeit. Uh, the blockchain technology enable you to make sure that it is the case. Product uh, contracts, uh, reducing cyber hacks. Um, it's very widespread right now, application of blockchain in, in retail. 18% uh, of retail uh, consumer goods companies have already started using it. 70% uh, are saying that they're in process of using it. Of course, the data is from 2019. More than 14,000 retailers uh, said that they're accepting cryptocurrency. Again, this is two years old, much more. Let's take a look at uh, how uh, cyber, uh, blockchain being cybersecurity. This is the number of breaches, uh, of course, to 2018 that I tabulated uh, for just for hospitals and healthcare industry. Okay, you know, uh, a while back, a hospital in uh, United Kingdom was hacked. Uh, they had to pay ransom before their patient information is completely destroyed and erased from the hard disk of the, the, the server in the hospital. So they are not reported, many of them. These are the reported ones. There are so many of them that are not reported. So uh, blockchain bring a strategic value to improve the health records. Uh, it uh, improve the uh, accuracy of uh, audit, audit or auditing of government regulation. Um, and it, it vastly improved the efficiency of uh, records in the, in, in the hospital. Um, right now, the problem that we have is that uh, uh, interoperability. Uh, you go to, throughout your lives, you see five doctors. Each time you see a doctor, uh, I'm using this as an example, each time you use a doctor, information is stored somewhere. So at the end, you are not in charge of data. You have, as a patient, have no right over your data. If you want to move from one doctor to the other, you really have to get a permission for them to send information. That is ridiculous. What we need to do is we need to have a common database called Data Warehouse. Then a patient, you, in charge of mining that data. You take the information with you. You check the accuracy of data. You make sure that the data is secured using what is called blockchain. So patient, doctors, lab technicians, database servers, pharmacists, all of these players in the, uh, in the healthcare system are really using a secure data. So the problem, as I said, challenges of the current uh, healthcare system is drug counterfeit, data segmentation, poor management of data, and healthcare security. Blockchain provide all of that, uh, basically cares toward all of those problems. It provides interoperability, security, maintenance cost goes down, data integrity is there, and it is universal access. You, as a patient, in charge of that. Do we have that? No, right now, the, that system does not exist, but there are several companies that are working toward that end. For drug, drug traceability, you know, the opioid issues that we have, again, we don't know how many people are using it, we don't know uh, their effect on, on their health, how many people die, and blah, blah, blah. So that common database that is secured by blockchain provide that type of security. Um, right now, uh, during the COVID-19 uh, uh, you know, pandemic, uh, we couldn't really have access to proper information. We need to know the, maybe the, uh, the genetic, genetic patterns of all of those people, especially the one who dies. We don't know how many of them really had prior problems and issues. Uh, and so, so it's completely confusing problem and issues without that secure data warehouse where the information regarding healthcare is secured by blockchain is very difficult to do any type of analysis and, and any type of improvement in the system. Um, I don't wanna take much time, maybe in a few minutes I'll be done. I, I wait for your questions, but the last one is that uh, the uh, blockchain for healthcare data management uh, it provides uh, improvement for data segmentation. It creates big data, you know, from all the variables information, all the data it could be captured and put in a database for a given patient and through interconnectivity interconnect and interoperability, we'd be able to access that information. So 
data security is there, payment processing also is there and all of that. Again, this slide, last slide, show how uh, the uh, cybersecurity is uh, uh, saved uh, or improved uh, by blockchain. I have all sort of information here that uh, uh, provide public keys, uh, can help verify whether a software update or download is legit, you know, all of that. Um, we have uh, blockchain products out there. These are some of the products um, by IBM. Uh, Original Trade is another one. Uh, provenance uh, provide chain of um, custody and certification of supply chain. Um, for healthcare, we also have some uh, uh, blockchain. Uh, Medrec is one of them. Medical chain and uh, you know that provide uh, decentralized blockchain patient records and so forth. All right. Uh, for more information, if you're interested to read more um, articles like this one in the right, this is my website, ematron.com. If you click on uh, uh, journal publication, uh, you have a list of all of my journals. Uh, they're all online. You can click on it and read it. Uh, the book information is on the book. Uh, here is another article you might be interested to read, blockchain-enabled technology. Um, and basically, I am done with my formal presentation. I am open to any questions for the next uh, 15 minutes. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Ataran. I mean, that was a very, very insightful presentation. I do have a few questions myself, but I'll go with first with uh, Urias. Okay. So, he asks a question, uh, with a new FDA blueprint, how do you see blockchain technology being utilized? Uh, did I hear FDA, federal drug? FDA. Yeah. Um, well, you know, you might have a point. Uh, in order for blockchain to be used uh, effectively, we need some government guidelines. And those guidelines have not been, to the best of my knowledge, those guidelines have not been uh, set uh, yet in terms of how, uh, you know, uh, we're going to secure uh, the, the drug tra traceability and, uh, and, and, and all the information that is provided, who is owner of that, where does that information go? Uh, as I said uh, in my presentation, blockchain is just a tool and a technology that can be used effectively. Now, how effective the result is, it depends to rules and regulation by government, willingness of uh, uh, you know, organization and uh, private sector to accept the technology and move forward. However, this technology uh, proved, uh, is proven that it, it works if it's done right. Okay, so uh, I have a question myself. Uh, so when you talk about say blockchain and cryptocurrency, uh, so we are basically talking about the database uh, technology, right? Which is blockchain uh, chain supporting different cryptocurrencies, right? Well, yeah. the blockchain is a foundation of that cryptocurrency, uh, meaning okay. that uh, in order to uh, get that cryptocurrency, you are going to mine, the, the digital currency, when you mine, you use the concept of hashing and the concept of, uh, let me see if I can, I can show that here. And the concept of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, connected uh, uh, systems. See, if, if you take a look at this slide here, um, in order to mine, you need to have, uh, first of all, you need to um, download the, 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 soft, the, the mathematical formulation software and then start, start solving it. As you solve it, you create a block, okay? Right there, you're using blockchain technology. And then it is hashed, you're using blockchain technology. When it's hashed and it is secure, then you need to find a location in the chain of blocks to put your in. It means that I'm trying to tell the rest of you that, hey, I find an empty place, I wanna put my block in, right? So you see, right there, you use the, the distributed network, you use the hashing, and you use the block for the blockchain. So those combination of those three are using blockchain. But the rest of that, of course, when you create a digital currency, then that digital currency has a value. So uh, uh, use, uh, let's say, 
consider blockchain as a foundation of uh, cryptocurrency, as, as, as something that without that, we could not have had a digital currency. It's, it's a, a pillar of digital currency. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, thank you. And when you talk about digital currency or cryptocurrency, Bitcoin is not the only one, right? No, have as others. Fact, yeah, Bitcoin. Uh, there are so many of them. Uh, for example, you have Bitcoin. Right now, as of right now, I'm looking at it. It's forty-seven thousand three hundred twenty-two dollars. Then you have Ethereum, which is eighteen hundred dollars. Then you have XPR. Then you have Bitcoin Cash. You have Litecoin. You have Stellar Luna, uh, Luma. So, each one of them, there are many of them. The most popular one is Bitcoin and Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, and uh, Litecoin. These are the the, the the popular one. You know, look the. Uh, the uh, stellar, uh, the stellar, luminous. Right now is about fifty three cents. So, so oh, okay. fifty three cents compared to forty seven thousand dollars. So, uh, the, the reason there is this type of variety, acceptance of this digital currency by people, by by organization. If more organization buy Bitcoin Cash, uh, you know the price of Bitcoin Cash goes up. Supply and demand. My, it's not my prediction. Many predictions tell you that the price of Bitcoin is going to reach to $250,000 in a few years. Wow. Okay. That's, that's a lot. So when will the common man, like, you know, people like us will start using this uh, cryptocurrency? Is it coming Well, soon? there are different ways of investing if you're talking about investment in it. Well, you, uh-huh. you're, being, you're using it right now. I mean, and when you, uh, if, if a company, if the bank, if, uh, if uh, the healthcare um, industry is using uh, uh, blockchain for securing the data and your data is in it, so indirectly mm-hmm. you're using it. However, if you're talking about digital currencies, there are, there are ways to invest in it. One is to go to one of those uh, online uh, uh, platform. Uh, the famous one is uh, uh, the, the famous one is a coin. Uh, it's called uh, uh, Coinbase. Okay, Coinbase. C-O-I-N-B-A-S-E. You go to Coinbase, download the Coinbase, then you can connect it to your bank uh, and then start buying Bitcoin, okay? The other one is that to go to to ETF, uh, buy ETF, uh, those companies that that mutual funds that are investing in mining companies. Some of the mining companies, uh, stock prices is below dollar. Um, you know, they have been up three, four hundred percent. ETHER is one of them, Ether, uh, GBDC, uh, great uh, Bitcoin, uh, another acronym for it is, I think, is about $47, $45. So there are ways to invest in digital currency short of buying the actual uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum, uh, by invest in uh, companies that. Uh, or mining, uh, or companies that are investing in uh, providing platform uh, like a blackboard, uh, blackboard platform uh, for healthcare industry, for other um, industry, and the rest. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So Jeanette was asking a clarifying question. So she's saying Stellar Luminar. Is that the name you mentioned, like for a type of Bitcoin? Uh-huh. I think. Did you mention a name, Stellar Luminar? No, Stellar. Stellar? Yeah, okay. I, I spell it for you. S-T-E-L-L-A-R, uh, lumen, Lumens, L-U-M-E-N-S. Okay, so that is a type of cryptocurrency, you said? Yes, right now the price is 52 cents. Uh, the price has gone up 561% this year. Okay. So the one month, one month has is for the past month has been up ninety five percent. Okay, okay. And the one that uh, Elon Musk bought is which one? It's, it's like uh, a... it's Bitcoin. He has spent one point five billion dollars in Bitcoin. 
Bitcoin. Okay, okay. If you divide that by forty-seven thousand dollars, you can imagine how many he purchased. Yeah, yeah. Because he was tweeting and joking about it, right? And then who lets the dog out? You know, we have that uh, by Stoop Dog, we have that song. So he was kind of tweeting about it. And then he also talked about some dog coin or dosh coin. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, but, uh, I, I was confused. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the, the point is, um, first of all, as, as you know, it is extremely risky, right? One, one thing that makes this very appealing is the fact that there are going to be only 21 million of that out there, not more than that. And it's going to cease right after there. Okay. So um, right now, if you take a look at this, um, the total number of coins that is going to be mined this year is 2,625,000. So we basically have roughly two and a half million left. After that, no more. So supply and demand. When the supply is limited, when you limit the supply and the demand is out there, the price is going to go up. Now, the question is, uh, would more companies put their money into Bitcoin instead of, uh, instead of uh, uh, regular dollar or euro? Uh, I say yes. The reason for it, inflation. Let's say India, the country of India. Inflation is killing them. Okay, if you convert your, your money to Bitcoin, it's the best hedge against inflation. Many companies outside of the United States, when they have volatile political situation, China, for example, the price fluctuate, Turkey Lira is going up and down like crazy. So if you put your money in Bitcoin, it's not gonna, I mean, it's gonna go up. It has been up for past, 10 years, look, it started from a penny, now is $47,000, okay? If a company like Elon Musk put $1.5 billion of his asset into Bitcoin, what does that tell you? I mean, the guy is not crazy, right? No. Anyways, I, I'm, look, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> benefiting from you purchasing Bitcoin, but I'm excited about that digital technology. So. Um, yeah. I hope I have answered your question. Any other question? Do you have any other question? Yes. So Dr. Ankita Agarwal has a question. Go ahead. Uh, do you think issues like money laundering are going to be a bigger problem as the use of cryptocurrency will increase going forward and how such issues can be resolved? I really don't have answer for it. She might be absolutely right. I mean, a, a lot of uh, you know, uh, money laundering or money launderer uh, are using uh, Bitcoin to cover uh, their trace. Would that be uh, would that be uh, would that be more uh, widespread? I really don't have any idea. I'm hoping that uh, government, uh, through certain measures, can uh, uh, take care of the situation. But uh, in principle. The answer is yes. Is it going to happen? I have no idea. But in principle, yes, it could. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, do we have any other questions for Dr. Ataran? It's a very interesting topic. I mean, emerging topic, very soon we'll be all handling uh, Bitcoins. <laughs> Yes, when you made uh, millions of dollars investing in Bitcoin, all I'm asking is 10%. <laughs> but then we'll have to learn from you, you know, <laughs> how to download and then invest yeah. in them. But anyways, well, uh, thank you very much for attending the presentation. It was uh, fun for me to go through this presentation. I hope you learn. If you have any question, uh, my email is mattron at csgb.edu. You can also uh, go to my website. I have plenty of information, several articles. Uh, uh, I have one regarding healthcare that talks about uh, how blockchain is going to, uh, you know, uh, to be effective on that. Uh, and, and you have access to all the information. Go to the website, click on uh, um, uh, journal articles, and you can read all of that. If you have any question, email me. I'd be more than happy to respond. Uh, if there is no more question, uh, happy Friday, have a wonderful weekend, 
And hopefully we see most of you or all of you in the next presentation from BREC. Samida, thank you very much for inviting me and I wish you best. Thank you so much, Dr. Taran, for your wonderful presentation. And thanks to everyone for attending and joining this. And again, as I said, hopefully see you all next time in the break presentation again. Yes. Have a happy Friday. All right. Bye. Take care. Good night. Take care. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye.